I want to read to you from Acts chapter 2, a continuation, really, of the sermon that uh, Peter preached on that Pentecost day, from chapter 2, 37 to 47. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he, he bore witness and continues to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all things they had in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord God added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. So far the text. In the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, fellow redeemed, it's very strange, and I guess, say, frustrating when you go down to Mexico or for a foreign language or a foreign country somewhere, and you try to re maneuver yourself around the, the city, and you don't speak their language. I know we did that when we were in Mexico, and as I tried to tell them, I, my voice got louder as if they didn't hear. They just didn't understand. But even though you have mastered your own language, there is little that you can do when they cannot understand you or you understand them. And when you can't communicate, you feel isolated, you feel helpless. And the day of Pentecost was glorious. How amazing it must have been that each one of us, he hears them, he said, in their own language. Obviously, this was a miracle. But even a greater miracle of communication occurred when, as it recorded in the verses of, these, of this lesson for today, when they heard this, the message, they were cut to the heart. The Spirit inspired the miracle of communication was not limited to hearing by the human ear. But this was a message that it was, in, it was intended to draw them close to the hearer. Although we are not chosen apostles like Peter, but God still uses us 
like you and me, each one of us in God's grace and power as a tool that speaks by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that this morning. First of all, we see a tool that cuts to the heart. And that's the law of God that cuts to the heart. The law of God is to be preached to the hearers of to repentance. At seminary, we, and we call it homiletics, but we, we were taught. As you preach the sermon, you preach both law and gospel. And so here again, he wants, we see in our text, that he wants to see how false and unjust his heart is and how far that person is still from God. And Peter's hearers on that first Pentecost were convicted of their sinful condition and the law served its purpose that day. These people needed to hear what they had done to Jesus 50 days before. They needed to hear that it was through their own unbelief that they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. They were looking for a different kind of deliverance that Jesus was offering. They wanted a Messiah to deliver them from the cruel bondage of Rome. They wanted a political climate to be like that when King David and King Solomon ruled, that everyone would be under their fig tree and having everything that they wanted what a glorious day that was. But Jesus was offering them another kind of deliverance, one that would last for time and for eternity. He was offering to them the freedom from sin, death, and the power of Satan. He was offering to them an e eternal deliverance from their sin and the consequence of their sin. He was offering them the opportunity to spend an eternity with him in heaven instead of the hopelessness of hell. The message of Peter was a sharp one, to say the least. What a turnaround for Peter. Fifty days earlier, Peter would not have had the courage to speak like he did on that Pentecost day, so frankly and so forthrightly. In fact, we know that he had a lack of courage, and what did that lead him? It led him to deny his Lord and Savior. But through the power of that Holy Spirit, he delivered a message that they needed to hear, a message from God's law that accused them and hit hard on their conscience. And that message was effective because it brought to mind in each individual of what they did and what they allowed to happen to Jesus 50 days earlier. They were convicted of their sin with all its severity. The law still cuts to the heart today. Much has changed since Peter preached or Martin Luther occupied the pulpit. But the nature of humankind remains the same. A humankind, a human nature is still sinful earthbound and self-serving. The law needs to be heard and understood by today's modern men and women. Each Sunday you hear that message preached to you, both law and gospel. 
And we need to hear that law so that we realize how much we too fall short in our obedience to God's command. Our society today likes to think that everything is relative. There's no black, there's no white, there's no right, there's no wrong. Everything is kind of gray. We have situation ethics that's ruling the hearts and the minds of so many today. If it feels good, do it. But that isn't what God says. His law is very clear to us. Since we are tools that God uses to communicate with humankind, we dare not bear or fail to share that law. For it is only with that law can they, that heart of a person can be cut to the heart and prepared to hear the sweet news of the gospel. The pastor does his members a disservice if he doesn't call to mind in, of the parishioners what God says in his law. The parent does their children a disservice if they do not call to mind the law of God so that their children might not go the wrong path of false security. And we do our friends and our acquaintance a disservice if we do not share God's law with them so that their sins can be brought to light and that they can repent of those sins. God uses a tool to forgive sins. Forgiveness comes in Jesus Christ alone. The law was preached to prepare that, that hearer to the good news. Jesus is the answer to the question that was asked in our text for today. What shall we do? Jesus has done it all for us. He works forgiveness of sins through baptism. He chooses to communicate through those tangible means. Baptism is a unique gift of God's love. It's the miracle of baptism that God heals the injured and the bleeding heart. For the law reveals the sin and cuts it in heart is answered through the gospel. It's full, it's bestowed personally in baptism through water and the word. God renews that sinful human being to live as his forgiven, hope-filled child or children. Baptism is a new birth. You know, in some traditions, and I kind of like this, and that's immersion. But, you know, we in the Lutheran church, there's other, other uh, ways to do it, whether pouring, sprinkling, uh, and washing, we call it, uh, because baptism really means apply water. But baptism is a, is a common practice. And, it's, and that whole thing with immersion is symbolic because the imagery suggests that when a baptismal candidate is laid between, or I should say beneath the water surface, he is buried into death. And as that individual emerges from that water, he is raised to new life. You see, the mode of baptism is of no conscience or consequence. We do any, if we sprinkle, pour, wash, or immerse. It doesn't make any difference as long as we apply water. In baptism, though, we are united to Christ, to his death, and to his resurrection. And baptism is a new birth. 
If you read Paul's epistle to the Romans, he, tell, he, he states that very clearly in chapter 6. What shall I say then? Shall we go on sinning that his grace might increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we let sin rule us any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father, even so we will walk in the newness of life. Baptism is a means given to God or by God for us to use in the touching and the transforming of lives. We are the tool in God's hands equipped with the means of grace to do his bidding. And the gospel is the tool through which the Holy Spirit enters our lives. The Holy Spirit works repentance, faith, and baptism. The Holy Spirit is active when that law cuts the human heart, when the gospel forgives and renews the repentant believer. And then when water is applied in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is his energy He's the energizer of those divine works. And the Spirit is the source of strength for the new life in the believer. He is that inspiring force that creates hunger for God, the fellowship for the believers, and the evangelic, evangelical zeal of the faithful. The new church alive because of that Spirit-filled people. And the Holy Spirit is the source of that power for each one of us who are tools of God. In one of my children's sermons, I often use that object lesson of a flashlight without batteries or a cordless power tool without a power pack. And when there is no source of power, when there's no source of power, that light will not shine. Drills won't drill. Saws won't saw. The Spirit is that power source for all Christians and for, for all of them who are God's tools. And so the Holy Spirit comes to us through that same means to use, to share with others. God's Word, baptism, the Lord's Supper are all means of God's love to communicate to us through the Holy Spirit's power. And the Spirit also places that same means into our hands as a means through which we, as God's tools, communicate to those people near us. There was once a lady who was sworn as a witness in a trial of a man of God. And she promised to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And as the prosecuting attorney began his questioning, he said, now, what do you see, or what did you see on the night of October, so-and-so? And, and, and the witness, she kind of pushed back her golden locks, and she said, well, I think I saw. And the opposing attorney grabbed his hair, leaped up to his feet, and he screamed, woman, in this courtroom, we don't say what we think. You are a witness. You speak what you know. 
as Christians, we know that we're sinners. We know that God promised us a Savior. We know that he sent his son Jesus to suffer and to die for us so that we might be his for time and for eternity. We know that he suffered on that cross for our in our stead to pay for our sins. We know that he rose again on that third day. We know that he ascended into heaven. We know that he will come again on that last day. We know that through faith in Jesus Christ, our sins are all taken away. And we have the assurance of heaven. We know that as Christians, we are to be witnesses, to share what we have come to know and to believe. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God uses us as tools so that we, so that many will come to know Jesus as their Savior. That's what we are all about here at Ascension. And as you are going to be calling a pastor, that's what he will be willing to do and he wants, is interested in with your help. Yes, so that people will know that Jesus is their personal Savior a certainty of everlasting life. Pentecost was a glorious day. The Spirit worked a miracle of communicating the message through Peter. That same message and that same means of grace are entrusted to you and to me. Although we're not an apostle like Peter, we are similar to Peter in one respect. We are God's tools. Sharing that saving message of Jesus Christ. Remember our goal and the mission while you, the mission while you are here on earth. To share God's love through Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Even amidst of a virus or pandemic, this is what it's all about, to share God's love, to be a light. Right here in Castleberry. And with God's help, we can be a wonderful tool with the power of the Holy Spirit at our side. Amen.